0: At this time into your hands, Lord, be with us, O Lord, strengthen us, O Lord Jesus, and Lord, uh, cause us to walk in your, in your ways, o Lord. Uh, Father, uh, that we will not stray to the left or to the right, we will not be distracted, that we will keep our eyes focused on you. Thank you, we praise you, we give you glory, for in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. 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 Alright, uh, so today we will be looking at getting fit and staying fit. Hmm? And getting fit and staying fit um, of course, this is we are talking to believers uh we are talking to believers who are born again and who are in the path of discipleship um, and who want to finish um the race that God has set for us because we are all in a race. Hebrews chapter twelve will say. Uh, running with endurance, the race that is set before us. I remember very long time back, I think it was in Mexico, uh, one Olympian from a long distance Olympian, uh, runner from one of the African nations, I think Kenya or where they are, Uganda or someplace where they are known for their long distance, uh, running, right? Um, this person, I think approximately, uh, to the end of the race, uh, even as he's running, uh, he gets a cramp in his leg and he falls off the track, but then he starts hopping and he finishes the race okay um, then um, all the interviews of course he loses obviously he didn 't win he was about to win, but he didn 't he doesn 't win because he gets a cramp on his leg then um But After the race is over, the focus is not on the medal winners. It's interesting that who catches the attention of the media. Uh, The media people come to him and they say to him, why did you do this? I mean, come on. I mean, you were, why did you hop to the finish line? And this man, you know, from one of the African nations, poor nations, and he says, my country sent me 3,000 miles away to participate in this race, not to just participate, but to finish they did not send me to just be there and give up at the end. It doesn't matter if I have not, uh, ended up with a medal, but it was important for me to finish. I mean, that was stunning, you know. It's a, it's, it, it is a, it was etched in my mind when I heard it, I think sometime back, Pastor James or some preacher. So, I mean, so many preachers use this. And, uh, so therefore it's important for us to get fit and stay fit so that we finish the race that uh, God has for us, right? This is discipleship, no? Uh, the, I, the, the great commission is not to make believers. It's to make disciples, okay? Romans chapter 5, therefore, therefore having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. That is where our life starts. That's the starting point for everyone. And once you start in this race, because we have been justified by faith, God sent his son, the righteous. He was the righteous one, the just one who died for the unjust so that he might bring us to God. Okay, now we have peace with God. We have been brought to close to God. Okay. We were far off and we have been brought close to God. We were uh, cut off from the commonwealth of Israel. We were aliens to the To the promise, to to the promises, and those those of us who are far off have been brought near. That is the reason why uh, in first, second Peter chapter three, he uses the word. Knowing all this is going to be burnt up, what manner of persons you ought to be? You know, the word for what manner of persons is very interesting. You know what it means? It says, "What country do you think you belong to?" That's what the exact word is. What country do you think you be, you belong to? What manner of persons you ought to be that you should live this life with godliness, etc. Holiness and godliness. So we have access. Right? Therefore having been justified by faith, we have access with we have peace with God and we have access through him by faith into this grace. No, we uh, we are asked to live this Christian life not in our own strength. It is not it is impossible. It is impossible to live the Christian life in our own strength. Okay. But just because god is willing to help us it does not mean that is automatic there is a surrender that we have to there is something that we from our side that we have to play in order for to for us to enjoy this grace the power of god which flows through us uh, so that we will finish what god has started through whom also we have access by faith into this grace on which we stand and rejoice in the hope of our glory therefore hope of glory is there but then uh, i forgot to put those verses it says we also glory in tribulations Knowing that tribulation works patience, patience works endurance, endurance works proven character, and proven character produces hope. And the hope and that proven hope does not disappoint because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts through the Holy Spirit. Okay, so we have there's only one way to access this uh this grace so that we have proven character, it is by faith. And therefore in second Corinthians chapter five, so we are always confident, knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. It's very interesting, no? We are at home in the body; we are absent from the Lord, and absent in the body, therefore we are present with the Lord. So this is it's a it's a it's a, it's a dual statement, okay? For we walk by faith and not by sight. We are confident, yes, well pleased, rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. You see how we how he puts those two things together? But between being absent with the body and present with the Lord and being present with the body and absent with the Lord, there is something which is in the middle. Verse 7, we walk by faith and not by sight. So we are present in the body and absent with the Lord. But f- finally we have to reach that end where we are absent in the body and present with the Lord. In the, in the middle is one thing which all of us are uh, required to uh, to to walk by or rather live is to walk by faith and why is walk is important why is walking see walking is something which you do sub subconscious i mean unconsciously you get up in the morning and you don't say ah, today i have to learn to walk you already learned the process is is already is already uh, it's like uh, uh, i'm uh, i'm walking to the pulpit i'm walking to the sink to wash my dishes the same thing so walking describes those mundane things in life Walk by faith means in every aspect of your life. The walk, the word walk, describes every aspect of your life. The little things, the big things, whatever it is. Walk describes that. That is the reason why in uh, Third John, if I'm right, uh, John the ap- ap- Apostle says, I'm, It gives me great joy that my children are what? Walking in truth. He doesn't say running in truth because walking in truth means what? I understand that every, the truth has permeated into the littlest and the smallest and the minutest details of your life. You have been governed by truth. Your life is one which has been governed by truth. So we walk by faith. All right. It is a step by step process. Okay. Mount up in wings like eagles. Run and not grow weary. Walk and never faint. You see, walking is the most difficult part. It is uh, doing the same things over and over and over again. We'll come to that. Therefore, therefore, why? Therefore, we make it our aim, whether present or absent. Our ultimate aim is to be well-pleasing to whom? To God. Okay? For we must all, we may all gather, it is must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. That is the reason why it's important to have mentors, okay, because when you go to your mentor, what is happening most of the time is your heart is beating okay because you're you' are you're in before the judgment seat of your mentor <laughs> so if the judgment seat of your mentor is so uncomfortable, how is it going to be how is the judgment seat of Christ going to be you see it's very important. to These are all little, little details that you need to really uh, make, pay attention to. Okay, We must all appear before. Therefore, judge yourself constantly. We'll come to that later on. That each one of you may receive the things done in the body according to what you have done. Therefore, God is not partial. You see, salvation, the entrance into the kingdom is free. It's for all. But the rewards in heaven... God is absolutely impartial. He will, that's the reason why he says, if you call him father, 1 Peter chapter 1 he says, if you call him father who will judge righteously, live your life of exile in fear, he says, in fear. He will judge righteously without partiality. You will, God sees no man's face. Other translations, right? So there's no impartiality with God. So in exact proportion to your surrender will be your rewards in heaven, right? Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. We persuade men. Therefore, we are doing it. Whether done in whether what whatever we are done in this body, in this body, whether good or bad, we have to give an account. Matthew chapter twenty-four. We are looking at this passage. We last time in from Matthew chapter twenty-four, we looked at the days of Noah. And we looked at what what it means to be a perfect man. We looked at the seven characteristics of a perfect man uh, from the life of Noah, a type of a believer who's born again, who uh, who stays in the place of warning. He was divinely warned. Remember the seven things we looked at uh, of things not yet seen, etc. But look at today. We'll look at another very important aspect of the last day, so that we can prepare ourselves in the light of what God, Jesus Himself has revealed about the last days. Matthew chapter twenty four. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. The word for growing cold, will the love will reduce its temperature by degrees. That's what it means. That's exactly the word in Greek. Reducing temperature by degrees. You see, for example, when you are 100 degrees centigrade, between 100 and 99, the, the, the variation is very little. You cannot even sense it. Slowly, degree by degree, degree by degree, you will uh your temperature will reduce and one day what will happen? It'll become cold and you don't even realize because it has happened so what do you call um, uh, innocuously, if I if I can use that word. Okay. Yeah. Very, very subtly. That is the reason why he uses the word drift. Don't drift away from the faith. Why, why, why he uses the word, uh, the term drift? The reason why he uses the term drift is because drift is such a gradual process. The currents take you so gradually and be, even before you realize it, you are so far away from your, from your purpose. Therefore, love of many will grow cold means it will reduce degree by degree so innocuously and therefore we have to be very, very careful. I was reading this book by uh, a very old Puritan, my name, Winslow Octavius. Okay, Winslow Octavius. This is what Winslow Octavius has to say. Winslow Octavius has to say, the spiritual declension of the soul. This is what, he's, what he has to mention. Look at, look at the words of uh, Winslow Octavius. Hmm? If there is one consideration more humbling than another to a spiritually minded believer. Look at this. 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 This is not any ordinary man. This is a spiritually minded believer. If there is one consideration more humbling than any another to a spiritually minded believer, it is that after all God has done for him, after all the rich displays of his grace, the patience and tenderness of his instructions, the repeated discipline of his covenant, the tokens of love received and the lessons of experience learned, that they should still exist in the heart, a principle The tendency of which is to secret, perpetual and alarming departure from God. Put that in your spiritual pipes and smoke it. Secret, slowly, unobtrusively. inobtrusively, inobtrusively, unobtrusively, yeah, slowly, that is the reason why the the hymn writer will say, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it, prone to leave the God I love, here's my heart, oh, take and seal it, seal it for thy courts above, because slowly it will happen, and one of the things that we have to constantly keep guard, guarding our heart, Lord, don't let my love grow cold, yeah, don't let it reduce by degrees. Let it be at 100 degrees centigrade. Latent heat of vaporization. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, that is, that is when uh, hot water becomes what? Steam. That is when the, the, what is it, hydroelectric powers are, I'm sorry, the thermal electric powers are energized. That is when electric, electric, electricity flows. Okay. That is what I believe uh, Paul says, my life is being poured out like a drink offering. Means what? Everything of that I have, I'm giving it off to the God so that I can power the kingdom of God through my life. It's energizing the kingdom of God. See? These are very, very important truths because slowly it will happen. And the alarming thing in that verse in Matthew chapter 24 is very interesting. What alarms me is this. Matthew chapter 24 verse 12. It is not the love of few, a love of many. Some people, some arbit people will lose their love. No, 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 no. It is not talking about a few people. It is talking about a love of many will grow cold. You understand? So that is the reason why we have to really, really be careful. It is if I, if it, if it were to say, if God were to say, you see, few people will just fall up in," I would have been, okay, But that few people, I will not be there. The chances are the probability of me being among the few is let. But the point is when he says many, the chances and the probability that i will be a part of the many is very high so we have to give ourselves chances more and more chances let me tell you something when i'm using the word chance i'm using it very uh conservatively of obviously I, I hope you get my uh, the spirit behind the letter okay yeah i have to give myself chances so that i will <laughs> be among the medal medal contenders in the last days when i go to heaven okay you see, when you come to Olympics, getting a bronze medal. You see how the the what do you what do you call the uh, the difference between the bronze medalist and the gold medalist is a of a matter of a fraction of a second. I'll come to that later on. Okay, I'll talk about that. Very very important truths. Okay, fraction of a second. Nine point five eight, nine point five nine. It's like one hundredth of a second. That is the variation between the, the gold medalist and the silver medalist. You one stroke, it's a one tip of your hand. If you, if you're a, if you're a, what do you say, a swimmer, you see. So Luke 13, this is what he has to say. No, Luke 13 was verse 22 onwards. And he went through the cities and villages teaching and journeying towards Jerusalem. Then one said to him, Lord, are there few? who are saved. So he understood the kingdom. He said, Lord, if these are the requirements, Lord, are there only few who will be saved? And he said to them, what? Everybody say, you know what for strife? Agonize. Agonize. To enter through the narrow gate for many, huh? many I say to you will seek to enter and will not be able. So the probability that you will be among the many is greater than 0.5. 50%. <laughs> That's the point. <laughs> you see. When once the master of the house has risen up and shut the door and you begin to stand outside and knock the door saying, Lord, Lord, open for us and he will answer and say to you, I do not know you, where are, where, where you are from. Look at those words. I do not know where you are from. And then you will begin to say, Lord, we ate and drank. So these are not people who are arbit people, boss. These are people who enjoyed the word of God. We ate and drank in your presence and you talked in our streets. So we were there at every meeting, in other words. You see, who is he addressing? You understand what I'm talking about. But he will say, I tell you, I do not know you. Where you are from, depart from me, all you who are workers of iniquity. That is the reason why, because iniquity will abound, what will happen? The love of many, thank you so much, many will grow cold. You see, look at what it says in Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7, enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad, the word for broad is spacious. Lot of room. Lot of accommodation. First class ticket in an aeroplane. Have you seen Etihad Airways? First class section now. Only six in first class section. Six first class sections. There is a bed. There's a huge uh, couch kind of a seat. You have champagne. You have everything. You have all kinds of comforts over there. Come to economy class. <laughs> Everybody's like that. <laughs> I remember when I was coming over from Montreal, I took two flights. One was, uh, KLM Airways from Montreal to Amsterdam. Nice place, nice city. Even economy class was nice and spacious. From Amsterdam to Bombay. <laughs> I was sitting like this. Okay. Spacious is the way which leads to what? Destruction. And the word for destruction is very interesting. You know? You know what the word for destruction is? Apostasy. Exactly. Apollo which we, which, from which we get the word apostasy. Okay. because what will happen in the last days falling away apostasy will happen many will go, fall away and there are many who go by it where in the path of destruction because narrow is the gate and difficult the word for difficult is very interesting I want to show you where this word difficult occurs so that you will have an understanding of what this word difficult means no you see we have not we should not tell you lies as preachers of the word of God we have to tell truths to ourselves and we have to preach the truth to you also it is easy. You come to Jesus, everything is fantastic and honky-dory. It'll just be a smooth sail into heaven. No. He says through many tribulations, you have to enter into the kingdom of heaven. Oh, I'm already in the kingdom of heaven. But oh, there is an entering in continuously. It's, yeah. it's a present continuous tense. You are saved. Saved. <laughs> saved. Three times saved. See? And few who find this path to life, right? Why? Why is it difficult? Second Corinthians chapter 4 Let us look at the Apostle Paul. But we have his treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. So we want the power of God, right? The grace we have by faith, we have access to this grace on which on which we stand. We are hard pressed on every side. Look at that. We are yet not crushed. We are perplexed but not in despair. Persecuted but not forsaken. Struck down but not destroyed. Always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord. Jesus. You see that? This is narrow way. <laughs> okay. If he may not be going through, see this, see, yes. if not Apostle Paul, what is plan B? Tell me. Yes, Dr. Richard, we have another plan? No? Yeah, Apostle Paul, they had a plan A. For us, <laughs> we have another plan. No other plan. There is only one plan. The way of the cross. Okay, so we let us see what is that way of the cross. What so there's a cost to discipleship, if you will. Okay, entering into the kingdom is one thing, and the process of discipleship, growing in discipleship, is another thing altogether. And that is something which we have we will concentrate this morning. Matthew chapter 16, and let's look at verse 20 onwards. <coughs> Then he commanded his disciples that they should tell no one that he was Jesus the Christ. Now look at that revelation that, uh, that Peter has, no? See, so, see, you think that revelations come at a cheap, uh, at a, at a, at a price? They come at a price. See, when you have a revelation, there's always a requirement. Say that? When there's a revelation, there is a requirement. Revelation, see, I enjoy your girl. I just gave you a revelation for you to enjoy. No, I did not give you a revelation to enjoy. I gave you a revelation to obey. <laughs> And the revelation that I gave you, yes, you are the Je- you are Jesus the Christ. Oh, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, son Simon bar Jonah. But my father who is in heaven, and you shall be called Peter. Upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail. ha kya Kya hai. Look at the next verse, verse 20. Then he commanded his disciples that he should tell no one that he was Jesus the Christ. From that time, Jesus began to what? Show, reveal, teach. Okay, the unfold, the plan of God for his life and subsequently for their lives too. Okay, from that time Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem, suffer many things from the elders and the chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised the third day. The moment this kind of a thing has happened, this revelation they don't like. (laughs) Oh, you are loved by our father who is in heaven. Praise the Lord, thank you Jesus. I'm favored and high I am, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm blessed and highly favored huh? that's the verse we use. I'm blessed and highly favored. everybody likes that. and because you are blessed and highly favored, I'm going to send a famine in the land <laughs> and I'm going to send a man <laughs> Joseph, who would be sold <laughs> by, his, by, his, by his by his uh, uh brothers, etc. Uh, we don't like that bolo. Hmm? look at what it says. And be killed and be raised the third day. And then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Look, can you imagine <laughs> Peter rebuking God? Man rebuking God. Can you imagine? Like It's like you don't know what you're doing. You do not know what you're saying. Far be it from you Lord, it shall not happen to you. All well intentioned. Okay? See by the way, somebody said no. The highway to hell is made with well intentions. Full of well intentions and you go to hell. Okay. Far be it from you, Lord. And verse 23, but he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me. You are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. So the point here is this. What keeps you from this path path of discipleship? A mind set on the things of men. understand? And then Jesus says, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself. Take up his cross, follow me, etc. And was for the son of man will come in the glory of his father, the angels, and he will reward each one according to his works. You saw that? Verse 27. So, what we need to do today is, what is this mind set on things of men? What are the things of men? Romans chapter 8, we know this verse very well. Romans chapter 8, verse 5 onwards, for those who live according to the flesh, What do they do? Set their minds. So ultimately it's got to do with the mind. Bob Bowman. Have you heard the word Bob Bowman? Bob Bowman is the coach for Michael Phelps. The most decorated Olympian. In one of his talks, you know what he says? Swimming is more of a mind game than a body game. Have you seen swimmer's physique, right? Flat belly broad shoulders, huge wingspan. You know what he says in his talk, he says, what you see physically is a projection of their mentality. (laughs) Okay. What you see in the physique of a swimmer is what has happened to his mind. The sharpness of the body that you see is essentially the sharpness of his mind. See, I mean, see, every sport has its has got its uh, uh, has got its own. Uh, what do you say, physical physicality? For example, um, chess is not a physical sport, but you have to sit for long hours and concentrate, five hours, six hours, etc. So you know how generally chess players, including Vishwanathan who has a slight punch, slight only, very very slight. He also does walking. Why? He says, I need to be physically fit so that I can be strong to sit and concentrate for 5 hours. You should see, uh, what's his name? Uh, Bobby Fischer. Bobby Fischer was, before he, after he became the world champion, of course he he got a pot belly and that's a different thing altogether. But before he was world champion, you should see how much he concentrated on his physical fitness. Even though chess was a mental game. You see your mind is set. So mindset. See, the ultimate your body is essentially a, a statement of your mind. You, you need to understand this. Yeah. Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice and be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So this is these are very, very important truths. That's the reason why he, he says, go, offer your bodies first and be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Okay. It's, isn't it interesting that every disciple whom God chose for the kingdom purposes was a hard working person? Including Apostle Paul. He was of course a graduate from University of Tarsus, but he was also a what? A tent maker. You think making tents is easy? No? <laughs> they were all fit. See, I will come to that later on. But um, we are just talking about the mind here, not not the physical, physical, physical so much. Just think, think about the mind. Set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is what death. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. Why? Because the carnal mind is in enmity with God, and will not subject itself to the law of God, and indeed it cannot. Therefore. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. So we know this verse is very well from Isaiah chapter twenty-six. Look at what it says. In that day, this song will be sung in the land of Judah. This is what from verse one onwards. We have a strong city. Who is that strong city? The city of refuge. Jesus Himself. (laughs) We all we all we heard that on Sunday, right? God will appoint salvation for walls and and bulwarks. Open the gates that the righteous nation. Why is the narrow is the gate? Why is it why is it difficult? The righteous nation. Which what? keeps the truth may enter in only those people who keep the truth will enter in you will keep him in perfect peace who's a a person whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you your mind has to be stayed on Christ that that is the reason why Philippians chapter 3 will say brethren join in following my example and note those who so walk as you have us for a pattern who's our pattern like Paul and all the other people who are like Paul or at least who have the convictions that Paul has and who's striving his level best to live the life of Paul. In other words, of which Paul followed. For many walk of whom I have told you often. now, tell you even weeping that they are enemies of the cross of Christ. Whose end is destruction. Whose God is their belly. Whose glory is their shame. And what is the last one? Who set their mind. You see that again? They set their minds on earthly things. So let us look at set their mind. What, what are the things of men? earthly things. Let us look at a few uh, examples, what Jesus himself says. Let us look at Matthew chapter 8. Hmm? Four examples, come right, three to four examples, three to four examples for today and we will start. Matthew chapter 8, (coughs) verse 18. And when Jesus saw great multitudes about him, he gave a command to go to, to depart to the other side. Then a certain scribe came and said to him, teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the son of God, son of man has nowhere to lay his head. So what did he say? Jesus saw great multitudes and he gave a command to depart to the other side. Now the point is what is on the other side? What is that? He gave a command. To go into the other side and he, he wants to go into the other side and one guy says, Lord, I want to come with you to where? To the other side. Okay. That is what he wants to do. He wants to come to the other side. So what is on the other side? Let us see what is on the other side. Matthew chapter 8. When he came to the other side, you see that? Matthew chapter 8 verse 28. He came to the other side, to the country of the Gadarenes or Gergashines here in this case in Matthew chapter 8. There met him two demon possessed men coming out of the tombs exceedingly fierce. That is on the other side. <laughs> so this scribe is saying to Jesus, I will come to you wherever you go and Jesus says, "You do you know where I'm going and what is on the other side? And what is on the other side? There's an incredible spiritual battle, not only on the other side, even the process of taking you to the other side is fraught with risks. Remember? He's going on to the other side, and what what happens on the in, in the in, in between? There's a storm. And his disciples say, Lord, don't you care? Don't you even care that what is going what is happening to us? It's like uh pliable and obstinate, remember? <laughs> <A pliable laughs> obstinate goes back and pliable says, I will go wherever you go, wherever you ask me to go, and immediately there's a slough of despond. And this fellow falls there. He finished pliable. Says, "I do not want to come on this Christian walk." He immediately runs for his life, back home, to the city of destruction. <laughs> That's interesting. Back to the city of destruction. And you know, so Jesus is telling the scotch, "Do you have any idea what is waiting for you on the other side?" What is that? Exceedingly fierce. You know where else this is used in the Bible? Exactly. Second Timothy chapter 3. This is what it says in Second Timothy chapter 3 verse 1. But this, know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. The word for fierce times or perilous times is times of incredible stress. Okay. Stress will be at an incredible level. For why will be, why will there be distress? For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutus, despisers of good, and most importantly, I think it's something which will actually hold all these characteristics together is verse 5. Having, see, verse 4 and 5. Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but no power. Why do, why do we have in times of incredible stress? So he's saying, you know, Madia scribe, graduate from Bible college. <laughs> scribe means what? Graduate from Bible or whatever college. Okay. Scribe. You know what is waiting for you on the other side? Fierce times. Are you ready? And what does he say? Matthew chapter eight. The scribe said, I will follow you wherever you go. Who says this? Wherever you go. Anybody said that? In the Bible? Revelation chapter 14. We know this very well, no? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's see. These are the ones who were not defiled with women. First thing. Who are these ones? Let me let us see. These are the ones who did not defile themselves with women. What is defiling themselves with men, women meaning? They are the people who kept themselves from pleasure. Basically. A woman is essentially a Why do you, what is it, the form of a woman basically, right? That's what attracts men. So these are the people who kept themselves from women. Meaning, they kept themselves from the attractions of this world. They did not defile themselves with the things of this world. Not only that, he says, they are what virgins? That means they did not even taste the world. See, once you taste the world, it's dangerous. So, So he says, keep yourself, be innocent of evil. Should, that, is, that is the reason why we protect our children. You don't have to watch this. You don't have to. Once you get a taste of all this, very difficult. No, once you give a, uh, a child chocolate milk from next time onwards, chocolate milk only. So you don't, you, you know, what is you go to a supermarket, you go to the milk section, you're you're scared actually. We don't know what choice to take. Skimmed milk, this milk, that milk. Those days there was only one milk in my, my grandparents' house. That buffalo is to come to the, <laughs> to my home, right, right in front of my grandmother's place. That fellow is to uh, draw the milk from the buffalo and give it to her. That's the milk. Okay. They were the people who did not taste pleasure. For they were virgins. And then what did they do? They were redeemed from among men. That means they're not ordinary men. Okay. They were redeemed from among men. They were first fruits of God. That means they were births of God. First fruits of God means what? Remember, uh, of his own will he begat us by the word of truth so that we might be what? Like the first fruits of his creation. That we might be like Jesus, right? First fruits of uh, uh, to God and Lamb. And then in their mouth is found what? No deceit. And then what happens? They are without fault before the throne of God. That means they left, they lived the life with constant judgments and then these are the ones who follow the Lamb <laughs> wherever He goes. No, He says, uh, scribe says, I will follow you wherever you go. And He will ask, really? <laughs> really? First of all, have you been born again? Wherever you go. Okay, let's, let's move on. Then what happens? Jesus' answer. Foxes have holes. (laughs) Birds of the air have (laughs) nests. But the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. Where? Where? Know what the word for fox in, in the Greek is very interesting. It says deception and craftiness is nicely sitting in holes in your heart. And in your mind, what are they? Birds of the air are there. You know, I'll, do, I'll show you a small experiment, okay? I have a helmet here. My bike has a helmet. One day what I did was I parked my bike right next to one of the cars outside here where Peter parks the car, bike. And then I put my helmet in an inverted position. So nice, the cushion is there. Nice cushion is there. Okay. Then two birds were chirping. I looked at the birds and they were so cute. I said, wow, nice. Two little birds chirping and enjoying themselves. After a while, I saw these two birds. They were going to the helmet, which I put near the on the bike. I said, what are they doing? Oh, maybe they're just enjoying, just hanging around there. And you wouldn't believe it. By afternoon, I came because I had to go somewhere on the bike. Nicely, those two beautiful birds, they found that cushion part of my helmet. And they made a nice nest over there. What are they making the nest for? Ah, eggs. So, Jesus is looking at his scribe. Foxes have holes. And in your mind, what are they? Birds of the air are there. Luke's Gospel chapter 8. Sower went out to sow his seed. And as he sowed, some fell on. The wayside. And it was trampled down, and the birds of the air, what they do? They devoured the <laughs> seed. What does it mean? In your head, there is no place for the living word of God at all. Nicely, birds of the air have made their nests and are comfortable there, they're laying eggs left, right, and center. I'll show you one of my pictures that I have in my in my f- mobile phone. You should see the the engineering of nature. In my garden, in my, in my home, two birds came, they weaved a fantastic net, and in those nets are three beautiful small kuti eggs. And you should see the way they have the eggs though, and you look at it and say fantastic. But you know what? What, what does birds of signify? Birds of the air signifies satanic thoughts, which will steal the word of God because they're trampled under the foot. Because you despise the word of God. And after a while, what happens? They lay eggs. Somebody said, no. If getting evil thoughts, if they come come through their mind, it's a problem. But if they come I in, it's not a problem. If you just has come and pass your mind, you don't give them space, it's, it's not a problem. But if they come in your mind and they put a nest, then it's a major issue. Because after a while, you'll find eggs and you'll have babies and you'll have many birds after a while. See? Another thing he says... Now this is a parable. The seed, the seed of the word of God, and those by the wayside are the ones who hear. Then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. And the ones which fell among the thorns are those who, when they have heard, go out and are choked by what? By the cares, riches, and pleasures of life, right? And bring fruits. They do not bring fruit to maturity. But what does Mark's Gospel chapter 4 say about these people? These are the people, the cares of this world, Mark's chapter 4, 4, 19, the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things. You see, that is what foxes are. <laughs> foxes have holes, birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has no place in your heart. And you, therefore, you know what Song of Songs says? You know this verse very well, Right? Cats as the little foxes. <laughs> the little, little, little things. The little foxes that spoil the vines. For our vines have tender grapes. They spoil the vines. And what does Jesus say? Foxes have holes. Birds of the air have nests. But you do not have any place in your heart for my word. So you are not ready for the other side. And what did I do? I did not suggest that we should go onto the other side. I gave a command that we should go on to the other side. Alright? Matthew chapter 8. The next kind of category of people. Then another of his disciples said to him, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. But Jesus said to him, Follow me and let the dead bury their own dead. See? So the second kind of... So first, first, what is the minds on earthly things? You see that? They set their mind on things of men. What are the things of men? What? The cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, these are all things of this world. Rich people, I mean, this is such a powerful statement that Pastor James made the other day when he was doing, we were having the prayer meeting. He said, when you become successful in this world, it's very difficult, very, very difficult to break that, that, that stronghold in your mind unless God frustrates you. And when you, when God frustrates all your plans, then you will cry out because what did you do? You were worshipping the works of your own hands, exactly. Very difficult. So let me first go and bury my father. But Jesus said, follow me and let the dead bury the dead. Who's, a, who's this person? He's a disciple. One of his disciples. I don't know who that disciple was. Maybe one among the twelve. We don't know. That means in other words, if you do not keep me first space, I do not want the second space in your life. Matthew chapter 6 No, What does it say? Seek what? Not the second. First, the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Mark 12. One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer. He asked him of all the commandment which is most important and Jesus said the most important one, Jesus answered is this. Hear O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is What is one Lord is one meaning what? He is not one. He is number one. Now in Telugu it's very very interesting. What does it say in Telugu? Devud and Yehovah? Advitiya Devud. Know what Advitiya means? Advitiya, second to none. He is number one. He will never take second space. He is number one. Exodus chapter 20. Look at what it says. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You shall have what? No other gods before me. You see, he's telling the disciples, this is not ordinary things. You have to keep me first in your life. That means, every other thing comes second. You shall have no other gods before me. See, why is this important? How many of you have taken a vacation after you took uh, came, uh, from, from work? You, everybody has taken a vacation, right? Once you come back after vacation and you go to your office, will you start your work immediately? How much time does it take generally? at least two or three days, maybe some people one week before they get into the groove. You know, people say we take a vacation to relax. But actually, when you're going for a vacation, most of the times you're tired. You have to catch the flight, you have to go and walk, you go to do sightseeing, all the things, you're actually, actually exhausted. You come back from vacation, it is not instantaneously you get into the groove. It'll take some time. Alright? No, I'll tell you why this is important. No? Huh? He says, strive to enter into the narrow way. I was listening to Michael Phelps uh, because Jesus himself says, right, so Paul says, now you should be like an athlete <laughs> and you should see how world famous athletes, they train. Why? Michael Phelps, I was listening to his interview the other day. You know what he says? For five years, I worked 365 days for five years. And the, he'll tell you the reason as to why he worked for 365 days. In five years, he says, if I don't work all the seven days, let us say I take a break on Sunday. When I come back to the pool on Monday, it takes me at least one day to get into the groove. That means one day is already gone. So I'm not technically training for six days, I'm technically training only for five days. Because I lose touch. Think about this guy, okay? Think about this. And you know what he says? If I do 365 days, I would have gained 52 more days than other competitors, competitors in the sport. 52 days of extra training than the other competitors in the sport per year because of that one day. And then he says, when I go and I stand on the, podium, on the starting point, I have no tension because I have prepared myself. I've done all the things that I'm supposed to do. And what I do on that day is just an execution of whatever, whatever I've done over the years without break. I'm mean, I think about it. You know, I'm, I'm not saying that we should become like him. I'm saying that how those people think for a perishable crown. You know what he says in those 365 days for 5 years you know what I did? I did not think about my birthday, my Christmas, Thanksgiving, Family gatherings, nothing. For five years. And 2008, eight gold medals. You see, this is what people in the world do. And Paul says, if they do it for a perishable crown, what is your attitude for an imperishable crown? You know what Jesus says? My father and I have been what? Working from the beginning, constantly. Now, I'm not saying that we don't take rest. That is also important. You, you see, you have to do what the coach orders for you. I mean, another, uh, you should listen to the, uh, to the interviews of the athletes, okay, who have really, really done well because this, those, those people give you attitudes. These are simple, simple principles. Uh, there's another badminton player. I mean, I'm just giving examples on this world. Badminton player, his name is uh, Caroline, Carolina Marin from Carolina Marin, yeah, Carolina Marin from Spain. She was a, she was a gold medalist last year in Rio Olympics. She was the one who defeated Sindhu. Okay, you know what her trainer she, trainer said? Okay, five days you work. I mean, so six days you work, six days you train from Monday through to Saturday. You train on Sunday is a day of rest. Sunday is a day of rest, and Monday by nine o'clock you come back to the court so one sunday what happened one saturday what had happened was uh, one of the relatives was getting married so she finished training she went to the relatives uh, wedding she enjoyed the wedding came back on sunday she rested that day for a while and after that she got a phone call from her friend hey we are actually going for a, uh, for, a for a for a dinner party because yesterday's wedding and we, she's, she's giving us a party in our home. Why didn't she come? So she finished, I mean, she just uh, didn't take rest that day. She uh, she packed her bags and she left. Uh, she went for a, this dinner party and she came back by 12 o'clock and she slept for about 8 hours and by, then, by 9 o'clock she was back on the court on Monday. And uh, the coach said, oh fantastic, how was your weekend? He said, yeah, it was fantastic. She said, so what, what did you do? She said, oh, yeah, my wedding was there. My cousin's wedding was there on Saturday. Oh, you attended the wedding? He said, yeah, I attended the wedding. It was great. Yeah, it was great. What did you do on Sunday? A Sunday, we had actually a dinner and I came back at 12. And this coach was furious with her. You know what the coach said? Caroline, our schedule was this. On Sunday, we said, is a day of rest and recovery. You were supposed to at least rest for 16 hours so that your body could recuperate for for, for the Monday's training. Did you do that? And she started screaming at the coach. They had an argument. You know what was the argument? I am just another like an ordinary girl. Why are you asking me to stop from these little little things? And you know what he said? Caroline, if you are an ordinary girl, I would have just left you. You are an ordinary girl, no doubt. But you want to do extraordinary things like gold medal, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. If you have these extraordinary plans like gold medal, etc, etc, please don't come to me if you want to live like an ordinary woman. I mean, I'm telling you the attitude. And you know what? She took the counsel of the coach. And you know the results. You see, those people in the top, they are not just like that because of, uh, because they didn't do th- things, I mean, they did they did things differently than the normal crowd. And when we come to the Christendom, you know what 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 God says in 1 Corinthians chapter Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, when you do all these things, are you not acting like mere men? Aren't you not acting like mere men? Exercise yourself unto godliness. Bodily exercise profits little, but spiritual exercise will profit you more for this life and also for the life to come. You see, this is a, this is a total different ballgame altogether. And I'm telling you, for young people, no? There are times when you have to invest yourself in that discipline of doing the same things over and over and over again. You see, you go, you show up every day. You show up every day for, of your life to a, to a routine. You show up. They, because things don't become random. Things don't happen random in, in life and also especially in spiritual life. You have to make certain decisions and you have to count the cost and there will be hundreds of people saying why don't you come for this party why don't you go for this party why can't you enjoy this why can't we enjoy that etc cetera, etc cetera. but you know what they are those the, 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 those are those things you No, know, they said i think naujot singh siddhu said made the statement you know what he said bad habits are like soft beds bad habits are like soft beds very easy to get in very difficult to get out <laughs> bad habits are like soft beds very easy to get in very difficult, but once you're habituated for, to a habit, you take off H, what is there? A bit. When you take off A, bit. When you take off B, it. Getting that thing is so easy, but to get rid of it is very difficult. So you have to get into a routine. So what happens, don't you, I don't feel like coming to church office one day. Doesn't matter. Sometimes I work for 16 hours and sometimes I work for only for 4 hours. Doesn't matter. I'm making a progress for 4 hours at least. You know what Michael's also saying? Even if I had fever, I still had to be in the pool period. Because I would, I would hear the end of it from my boss, from my coach. And that is one guy who kept his coach for 20 years. No wonder. 20 years the same coach. Or what will other athletes do? You know who I am? 8 times gold medal. You are telling me what to do? Do you know better or or, or I know better? Etc. No arguments. Surrendered himself. You see, these are principles I am saying. These are principles. I am talking about people in the world are like this. How much more you and I, if for an imperishable crown. What are the things that we are doing? Do we show up every day? For prayer? That's what I say. Three things are important. The, 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 The ministry of the word, the ministry of prayer and the ministry of fellowship and constant judging of yourself three four things you do every day of your life okay today i did not do some progress doesn't matter 0.001% only today okay but at least one something is going i mean like you, you some progress is happening okay see you this is what we call as the tyranny of monotonous you have to do those things over and over it's a long obedience in how many directions in a single direction can you stay for 20 years under the same coach? Two years people can't survive in a church. Oh, it is getting too difficult, it is so tough, this is so... But when you go to the world, you don't complain, no. You will say, Narayana Chaitanya, make them work more hard. Why only 5 hours of class? Make it 16 hours. You will say that, right? But the Christendom, suddenly everything will change. See? <laughs> we have to get out of this mentality, my dear brothers. It, this is more important. Strive for mastery. It says. That's why it says those who strive for mastery are temperate in all things. Mitiga in Telugu. Temperate in all things. Okay. So very important to have this attitude. 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 Be transformed in the. What of your mind? In the attitude or the spirit of your mind and put on the new man and exercise yourself unto godliness. Godliness is an exercise though don't happen randomly. Like we were looking at prayer, no? Prayer is an exercise. It is things that you do slowly, incre- incrementally you increase your prayer life. The spiritual senses have to be more thoroughly exercised over a period of time. It doesn't happen like that. And the good thing about the spiritual exercise is that they only become sharper as you grow older. Unlike the physical things. Physical, for, for an athlete, the retirement day is 30 years. 30 years you, you retire. For, for spiritual life, 30 years you start. Right? When did Jesus start? 30 years. When did uh, David become king? 30 years. When did uh, Joseph become king? 30 years. That is when you start. When people in the world retire, <laughs> you start. You understand? And then we'll become like Moses. Even his 120 years, what has happened to him? Physically fit. Eyes are sharp, mind is sharp. God has to kill. Nobody can kill you, Ray Moses. Only one person can kill you. <laughs> I only can kill you. Nobody can touch you. That is what. That is a kind of uh, strength in the inner man that he had. Any, can anybody kill Paul? Nero has to chop off his head. That's it. See, that is the that is what we that is what, that is what we are talking about. We look at all these people in the world and we we are not drawing lessons from on success as to how to things are uh how to become successful in the world. We are talking about the attitude that they possess and how to have that kind of an attitude when we come to spiritual things. That is most important for us. Okay. Toppers become don't become toppers just like that. Okay, it is ordinary people, no? I mean, I was listening to one one uh one uh <laughs> chess champion. You know what he says? I believe in hard work than talent. Talent everybody has. It is those people who have got the ability to do the things which they don't like, which others don't like. That makes a difference. And when you when you are young especially, you get these attitudes in your mind. These are attitudes. We are not talking about the principles of the world. We are talking about attitudes with those people in the world for perishable things that they have, how much more you and I for imperishable things. Okay? You understand that? Okay? I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt. That means I. you have to give me first place. Those people, they give first place for their sport. And you have to give me first place in for my life, for for me. That means I come first, you minister to me, period. Nobody else takes that place from your life. You show up because you are my servant. I remember, you know, Pastor James talking to even um, Pastor Vijay James when he was passing away. You know what he says? Even when he was passing away, he was saying, Pastor Vijay, you'd remember... That you are not a servant of man first, you are a servant of God first. Even through this time of difficulty, you still minister to God. What a statement to make. Okay, John's Gospel chapter 5. How can you believe who receive honor from one another and do not seek the com- the honor that comes from who? Read that carefully. From the only God. For them, sport is a God. For us, Jesus is God. And we do it as our duty, like somebody, uh, like in Luke's Gospel, chapter 17. Remember, we did this. Oh, the, the guy just came from from uh, from a hard day's labor, one one day's labor. He comes inside, and what does he do? What does he do? He serves his master first. Why? And he says, "This is my duty." Understand? So who comes first? Jesus comes first. James chapter four. You adulterers and adulteresses, don't you know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whosoever therefore will be a friend of this world will make God his enemy. That means you cannot serve God and mammon. It's impossible. There's only one God and your entire devotion, your love, your energy, everything is for him and him alone. And when you do that, there's a prophet which is not for this life. It is for all eternity. Luke's Gospel chapter 14. Now great multitudes went with him and he turned and said to them, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his father, his mother, wife, children, brothers, sisters, yes, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. You see that? And whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. You see that? So tough. This is the requirements. And what happens? Mostly in India, what sentiment do we have? Mother sentiment. No. Hebrews chapter 11. By faith Moses, when he became of age, what did he do? He refused to be called (laughs) the son of Pharaoh's daughter. No, look at this. These are statements which you cannot take them lightly. One statement. He refused to call himself the son of Pharaoh's daughter. What does that mean? One day he found God and he started following God. His father, mother would have said, uh, Moses, what are you doing? I am following my God. What are you doing? I am leaving the pleasures of this Egypt, the treasures of the Egypt, and I am following Jesus. You know, Moses, how I found you? You know how I found you? You were in a basket. You were a basket case. <laughs> you were literally a basket case. You were about to be eaten by crocodiles and not only that you were a Hebrew you know how much of a risk I took to accept you as my son you know how much I poured into your life you know how much I trained you in all the wisdom of these Egyptians I sent you the best school I invested my life into you and now you are saying that you refuse to call yourself my, my son. What sentiment? Mother sentiment. You should see how mothers and especially mothers and sons relationship. Very difficult. I gave you my life. You know, that's what you should read Nabil Kuresh's testimony, you know. You know what we did to you, Nabil? You know what your father went through? You know, that's what mothers say, you know. You know what your father went through to put you through all this education? And today, you found your Jesus and you're saying that you're going to leave everything and follow him? (sighs) Mother said, that's one statement to be refused to be called son of Pharaoh's daughter is one of the most profoundest statement in Moses. See, his spiritual journey starts there. Do you see that? The very first thing by faith Moses has to do is to say tata to all earthly ties. And the most profoundest and the strongest tie is a tie between a mother and a son. That relationship, especially in the East. Middle East and East. In North America, I don't know how it is. In the West, we don't know. They they really have mother sentiment and all, I don't know. But in India? (laughs) <laughs> See, we give. I mean, I'm not saying that we don't honor our parents. Not, but you know what happens? It's one of the most difficult decisions to make. You know, if we read uh, "Seeking Allah, Finding Jesus," Nabil's statement is this: David asked him this question. After all this research, Nabil, what if you find that Christianity is true and Islam is a lie? What would happen to you? Would you follow Jesus Christ? He said, "No. Why?" I'm scared of what it would do to my parents. And you know what he said? After he found Jesus Christ, and if after he became a believer, he goes to David Wood and he says, please baptize me. And you know what David says? If you want me to baptize you, go and tell your father and mother that you are a believer now. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm not going to baptize you. Then he says, no, I'm not telling them. I'm not telling them. Uh, But you are baptizing me the coming Sunday. You know what he says? Okay, fine. If you don't tell them, I'm going to pray to God that they'll know, somehow. You know what happens? He's before his computer, he opens his messenger and he's getting text after text on his messenger, congratulations Mr. Nabil in in advance for uh, for your baptism and he's not there before the computer and his parents enter into the hall and their eyes fall on the messenger and they get the message. And immediately his father looks at him, Nabil, what about baptism? And he says, Dad, I've become a follower of Jesus Christ. You know what happens? You know what his father says? It's as if, Mera ka tukda, You know? My liver has been taken away from my system. Mother sentiment. And what does Moses do? He refuses to call himself, the son of Pharaoh's daughter. You think that is easy? Oh No, 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 no. Especially when you see the tears coming down from your mother's eyes. And that's exactly what he does. He goes, if you should read the book, Nobel Koresh's book, Seeking Allah, Finding Jesus. So what you, you know what he says? When I found Jesus and I looked at the tears of my mother, I knew Jesus was more precious than the tears of my mother. It was more precious than the tears of my mother. See, the sword will go through their hearts for the decisions that you make. Are you willing to take that risk? It's not easy. Luke's Gospel chapter 2. Look at this. This is Simeon's prophesying over Mary. Joseph and his Mary marveled At those things which were spoken of him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary. What did Simeon do? He blessed them and said to Mary. He said to who? Not Joseph. (laughs) Mary his mother. He told Mary his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rising of many in Israel. And for a sign which for which it will be spoken, Yes, a sword will pierce your own soul also that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. I'm telling you, you know, he's telling Madam Mary, 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 you know what is going to happen? He's going to make such statements which is going to devastate you. You should not be able to accept. You know, you, you, you might go and argue with him and say, Jesus, do you know what kind of a risk I took in order for, for me to have you? The reproach I bore because I became pregnant before I was married, do you think it was easy? the shame and the reproach by your pair my your father and I had gone through so that we could have the Son of God. do you think of course now we make a celebration in Christmas and we celebrate Mary, but do you think it was easy for them to to and what what happened to them when they went to Bethlehem uh, for, uh, for the census? Did they have any people giving them room? No. Why did they not give them room? room? Because they came to know, came to realize how she got pregnant. No room, no room, no room. Do you know that reproach that we bore so that we could have you and this is what you're going to do to us? Look at that expression, Luke's Gospel chapter 2. But supposing this is after they go for Passover, remember? They go to the Passover. This is the first Passover about Jesus that is mentioned in the Bible. But supposing him to have been in the company, (laughs) see, look at Jesus. Jesus' company is very different. From that time onwards, he had very, very clear goals as to who's his comp- who his company is. But supposing him to have been in the company, they went a day's journey and sought them among their relatives and, uh, relatives and acquaintances. I, re- I remember <laughs> the first time I had one of my friends from college days, okay called me and said, Vijay, what are you doing? Uh, I, I finished my PhD and I'm entering to full-time STM, becoming a pastor. Pastor? Pastor? Shocked? Shocked? That is the reason why, as for the saints in the land, they are the excellent ones, not the acquaintances and relatives in the land. saints. Even though the saints are sometimes horrible saints. They are the excellent ones. In whom is all my, not just some of my delight. All my delight are in the saints. That is the reason why when Ruth said, your people, my people, (laughs) this is no ordinary thing. First of all, (laughs) you Naomi, full of bitterness. Your people my people, first your God, my God, your people, my people. Where you go, I will go. Where you get buried, I will also get buried. Only death will do us apart. part. And what is happening to this? They were searching for Jesus among whom? Relatives and acquaintances. And I believe that Jesus deliberately avoided them. He never wanted his relatives and his acquaintances to influence him. Not that he was not loving for them. You see, they didn't, they did not understand. See, why was, why were Joseph's brother, Joseph's brothers unhappy with Joseph? Because of the claims that he made about himself, remember? The dreams that he had, I was standing upright. And all of you were bowing. You're going to be our savior? No way. And then he goes to his father and he says, even the sun and the (laughs) moon, father is also upset. What do you mean? And then he says, his brothers became, what? Envious. And you know what the, and and what it says about his father, about his father? His brothers became envious, but the father observed the saying. He observed the saying, meaning, what is this guy saying? I know this guy is not a, I mean, he's not a, Bad guy, when he's making these statements, I am remembering my dreams that I had at Bethel. My, my fight with the, with the, not my fight, my wrestling match with the, with the angel of the Lord, I am remembering, and what happened to me is happening with my son also. He observed. And what happens to his, what, what happens to his brothers? They become envious, but the fact of the matter is, his brothers who became envious, to them he becomes their savior. Right? That's exactly what i why were they so upset with Jesus? Because of the claims that He made. I am from above, you are from below. I am from where? From above, you are from below. Unless you are born from above. That means you are all from the earth. I, unless and until you are born from above, you cannot even enter into the kingdom of God. You are not along, alongside of me. The claims that He made, and it says the Pharisees and the Sadducees they because of envy, they handed Jesus over to be crucified. you see the mother's sentiments are very, very, very tough, difficult and look at what it, what happens so when they did not find him, they returned to Jesus seeking him. now, so it was after three days they found him in the temple sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. so where was Jesus not among the relatives and the acquaintances who were not interested in the things of God for them, Christianity is only a religion. And a ritual. They never bother to ask questions, and they never bother to listen. Because why do they? Why don't they ask questions? Because they never listen. And then what happens? And all who heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. So when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said to his son, "Because who's saying? Look at this. So why have son? Why have you done this to us? Look, your father and I have sought you." How can you do this to us, madam classic doctor <laughs> richard's response I think Dr Richard has to patent it now <laughs> that response okay woman what are what has your concern got to do with me? Son, why have you done this to us? Look, your father and I have have sought you out. In other words, don't you know what your father and I have gone through to have you? And this is what you, this is how you repay to us? Can't you even just tell us one thing that you wanted to stay back? No? You know, in other words, what Jesus was saying, how is it that you come to the Passover and don't even ask questions? You just come and go away and you're upset that I'm asking questions over here. I wish that you and I sat together and we asked questions from the scribes and the Pharisees. You see? And what happens? And he said to them, Why did you seek me? <laughs> Classic response. What is happening? The sword is going through her soul. Mother sentiment is slowly, slowly, slowly getting cut off. Mother India is very dangerous, especially. Mother India, Mother Asia basically, you know. <laughs> Mother Asia from Middle East, Middle, Middle East, Middle East also. Okay. I mean, mothers don't get upset. <laughs> we love you mothers, okay. We love you, we love you. We just love you. But the problem is, once your child is, has come off age, his identity has changed. Coming off age means what? Not, not, not that he's got a job in Microsoft and he's earning a, a six-figure salary. No, that is not coming off age. What is coming of age when he has become born again and he has been weaned off and he has become like Samuel. Now Samuel, see, Hannah understood who Samuel was. Samuel was not Hannah's. Samuel was God's. Samuel was not Hannah's. That is the reason why God says, the children that you bore unto me, Abigail is not mine. Emmanuel is not mine. Even though they were close to my heart, the purpose for me is to prepare them. See, I think it's difficult for mothers to let go sons, and it's difficult for fathers to let go daughters. You see, very difficult. What kind of a fellow that fellow will get married to? I mean, see, all the cons see, you, because I see all the men are these fellows. Uh, yes, see, will he take care of my, See, very difficult. Very difficult for the fathers. Let go. And what does uh, Rebecca say? When are you going to leave with this man? Not after 10 days, today. All these days we loved you, we took care of you, can't you stay with us for 10 days at least and have fun with us before you go? No. What did you prepare me for? All these days, for my husband, right? Now that I found him, why are you asking me to delay? You see that? Why are you asking me to delay? The whole purpose of you make, preparing me is one day I will find a family and I will take care of my own family and why are you asking me to stay See, so, Coming of age. And what happens? The sword goes through. Every earthly relationship. Who comes first? Not my mother, not my father, not my wife, not my children, not even myself. Now you understand what it means to be saying, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, it is Christ who lives with me. Now the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith of the son of God, who died for me. That is the reason why my father did not die for me. My mother did not die for me. My parents, did not, my my sisters did not die for me. My God died for me and brought me to himself. How dare I stay back? That is the reason why, where the whole realm of, where the whole realm of nature mine, where an offering far too small, love so amazing, so divine, huh, demands my soul, my life, my all. The logical conclusion of when I survey the Underscross. See, all those hymns are very logical. See from his head, his hands, his feet. Sorrow and love flow mingle down. Did e'er such love and sorrow meet, nor taunts compose so rich a crown? Therefore, where the whole realm of nature mine, where an offering far too small. You see, sword going through the heart. The problem is, I, I see you. I'm, I'm, I'm saying, you're all Jewish people, right? But you should be interested in the law. You don't meditate on the law. How is it possible that we come to the Passover festival year after year and we don't understand the meaning of Passover? He's asking. I mean, he's a Passover lamb, he's going to be slain. <laughs> and he goes to the temple during the Passover and he's asking, oh, what do you think about the Passover? Who is this lamb of God without blemish? Who is the Passover lamb? Who is he for pointing out to? Nothing there. Nobody, they were stunned and astonished at the questions that they were asking. Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? But they did not understand the statement which he spoke to them. I like that. (laughs) They did not understand the statement. They did not have any categories in their mind about the statement that God, that Jesus had made, you see. Look at the next place, Mark's Gospel chapter 3. And his mothers and his brothers came standing outside and sent to him and called him. And a crowd was sitting around him and they said to him, said to him, my goodness, your mother and your brothers are outside seeking you. I remember that, uh, that's a famous, famous uh, uh, statement. Blessed is the womb that given, which has given you birth and the paps which has fed you. (laughs) Jesus Jesus says, don't get too sentimental, okay? Blessed are those people who hear the word of Lord and obey it. (laughs) <laughs> Don't get to see the problem is we get sentimentality into christendom <clears throat> see in in spiritual relationship there are no sentiments there is only truth what is that truth any relationship which is not based upon truth however sentimental it is it is not a relationship That's the cost of discipleship Your mothers and brothers are, are outside seeking, seeking you, Baba, your mothers. Oh, look at this, <laughs> look at the next statement. Another time the sword has gone through his, through, through her heart. And he answered them, who are my mother and my brothers? And looking up, looking at those who sat around him, he said to them, here are my mother, my brothers. For whoever does the will of God, he is my mother, my brother, my sister. Finished, over. And who's hearing this? Madam. He is refusing to call himself the son of Mary. <laughs> you see, my identity has changed now. And now when he addresses him, he says, he doesn't even call himself, call her mother, he says, woman! My goodness! Hindi, oh, amma! in Telugu. <laughs> amma? No, not amma. So sthri, Exactly. <laughs> three who are you, O oh woman? My time has not come not yet come. my time has not yet come, in other words, you're searching for a bride for me. Don't search for it. My time is coming later on John's Gospel chapter five. now the Jews feast of tabernacles was at was at hand his brothers therefore said, who sat her brothers, depart from here and go into Judea, for your that your disciples also may see the works that you are doing, for no one does anything in secret, while he himself seeks to be known openly. If you do these things, show yourself to the world. For even his brothers did not believe in him. In, in one, trans, one one of the uh, uh, gospels it says, they wanted to take him by force because they thought he was what? Out of his what? Mind. You know, remember uh, Agrippa telling Paul, Paul! Much learning has made you mad. You're almost persuading me to become a Christian. Much learning has made you mad. And he says, You know what, Agriba? I am not mad. That's what the world calls you. What are you? Mad fellow. <laughs> He's out of his mind. in <laughs> vadiki. Intense words. For no one does anything in secret while he himself seeks to be known openly. If you do these things, show yourself to the world. For even his brothers did not believe in him. Look at Jesus' answer. Then Jesus answered to them, my time has not yet come, but your time is always here. Oh, that means what? For you, it is your best life now. For me, until that day when I'm going to have my bride, I'm not even going to taste of this, of this wine. I'm gonna wait. Understand? Mother sentiment? All other sentiments? Very difficult. We have to let go, therefore. You know what it says? Let the bridegroom and the bride leave their chamber. And it's I think it's Psalm forty five, I'm right. Let her let the bride forget her household. Maike ko buljao. Maike ko Forget your mother. Mother's house. Okay. Understand, these are very, very important truths. Okay. So let us go on. Final. Luke's Gospel chapter 9. And another set also said, Lord, I will go, I will follow you, but let me again, first go, you see that again, first, and bid them farewell who are at my house. But Jesus said, No one, having put his hand to the plough, and looking back, is fit for my kingdom. What happens if you look back? You know what it says. If you have a couple of oxen and you're uh, you're you're uh, making those uh, lines on the field, you're not supposed to look back. What happens if you if you look look back? It'll go like this. Everything becomes crooked. Okay. That means you have to be absolutely focused. No. Turning back at all. Focus is only moving forward. That's it. You have said Tata to your old life. Proverbs chapter 14. Where no oxen are, the trough is clean. <laughs> you see, where there's no oxen, the trough is clean. That means it's empty. But by, but much increase comes from the strength of an ox. Meaning what? I am giving my Total to the Lord. That's it. I'm burning all bridges to my past. Let me just take off part-time job here and make a, no, no, no. Over. Burnt those bridges. It's over. It's finished. No part-time job. There's only one, one full-time commitment. That is what? Jesus. And Jesus alone. Why? Sorry. Read this everybody. But Jesus answered, no no one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is what? Is fit. That is the reason why I titled today's teaching as what? Getting fit and staying fit. Is fit. You want spiritual fitness? Don't turn back. Over. Tata. The past life. Proverbs chapter 14. Where no oxen, the trough is empty, but much increase comes. By the strength of an ox. So this is. So what makes you turn back? I'll tell you what makes you turn back. This is a teaching which makes people turn back. It is a teaching which offends people that you should give everything to the Lord. It offends people. Look at what it says in John's Gospel chapter 6. We know this verse very well, right? Look at what it says. For my flesh is food indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. And what happens? For my flesh, okay, verse sixty. Therefore, many of his disciples, when they heard this, said, This is a hard saying. Who can understand this? And what happens? After this, what happens? Many of his disciples draw back. What is this hard teaching? This teaching of surrendering every, everything to God is very difficult. This teaching, which offends people is difficult. So difficult for people not to get offended. You know that? Very, very difficult. Offense. Truth offends. Offense. But it heals. Second Thessalonians chapter 2. Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless the what comes first? Falling away comes first. And the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped. So he sits as God in the temple showing himself to be God. Why then what does God do? and all and with all unrighteous deception among those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth they might for that they might be saved and for this reason god will send them strong delusion why does god send them strong delusion because they did not receive the love of truth and what will happen they will all fall away they will turn back and go back to their old life because what happens the truth is offending them the truth is offending them Hebrews chapter 10, verse 37. For yet a little while, and he who is coming will, will come and will not tarry. Now, just shall live by faith. But if anyone, what? Draws back, my soul will not have any pleasure in him. But the problem is this. We are not, but we are n- not of those who draw back to perdition, but of those who believe to the saving of the soul. We don't want to draw back. That, and we will always keep on loving the truth. Why, why do people draw back? Because the truth offends them. We will not be offended. We will keep on pressing forward. Will the truth become honey for you? I hope so. What, look at what it says in Ezekiel chapter 3. Moreover, he said to me, Son of man, eat what you find. Eat the scroll and go and speak to the house of Israel. So I, oh, I, so I opened my mouth and he caused me to eat the scroll. And what is the scroll? When he ate the scroll, how did he feel? Son of man, feed your belly and fill your stomach with the scroll that I give you. So I ate and it was in my mouth like honey for sweetness. Manche food what food? Atmi aharam. Okay, this is a spiritual food, the word of God. And when he ate that food, how did he feel it in his, in his tongue? Honey for sweetness. But what is this food? He ate the scroll, no? What is there in the scroll? Ezekiel chapter 2. Verse 9. Now when I looked, there was a hand stretched out to me and behold a scroll was scroll of a book was in it. And then he spread it out before me and there was writing on inside, on the outside and written on it were what? Lamentations, mourning and woe. And when he ate that, how it was? Honey. Lamentation was like? Honey. Mourning was like? Honey. Woe was like? Honey. this morning, (laughs) let not the word of God offend you. that's the reason why it says in John's Gospel chapter 6 verse 66. And after that, many of his disciples went back and did not follow him at all. Went back. Why? Because their minds were set on the things of men and not on the things of God. Strive to enter through the narrow gate. Strive to enter through the narrow gate. Jeremiah chapter 15. The last was your words were found and I ate them and your word was to me the joy and the rejoicing of my heart for I am called by your name O Lord of hosts. I did not sit in the assembly of the mockers nor did, nor did I rejoice. I sat alone because of your hand for you have filled me with indignation. You see I enjoyed the word especially those words which challenged me to live a life. Which is godly even though it was full of lamentations just full of mourning and full of woe. Okay. Final verse for the day, and we will stop. Proverbs chapter 19. Strike a coffer. Not a coffer, scoffer. Okay. Not a coffer. Strike a scoffer, and the simple will learn. That means the scoffer will never learn. <laughs> Others will learn. <laughs> okay. Rebuke one who has understanding and he will discern. Knowledge. Okay. When knowledge is pleasant to your soul and understanding is pleasant to your heart, then you will understand the fear of the Lord. So, this morning, stay fit, get fit, and stay fit. My focus is, Lord, on you and your kingdom, and nothing, no offense will trip me or take me away from the trajectory that you have sought for me. And it is not easy. You know what it is? It is doing the same thing over and over and over again. And you know what will happen one day? When you are faithful in little things, God will make you ruler or many things. Amen? Let's pray. Father in heaven, we just want to thank you. Father, your word is absolutely true. You do not mince words. You clearly lay out the conditions for discipleship. You do not deceive us like the gods of this world who promise a lot and deliver very little. You are a God who tells us clearly what to expect in the days to come in our journey with you, in our walk with you. You said to your disciples, in this world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer for I have overcome this world. All those who desire to live godly lives in Christ Jesus, your word says, will suffer persecution. We'll have to go through struggle. We'll have to go through problems. But Lord, even as we've heard in so many teachings, let every problem that we, situ- that we face, oh Lord, let it become an opportunity to grow and to learn things of you and to be strengthened in our walk with you. I pray, Lord Jesus, that none of us in our church will draw back. That we will keep our eyes focused. If need be, like Paul or Lord Jesus, we will say that we will beat our bodies to subjection and to bring it to subjection so that having after having preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified. Lord, we will keep our eyes focused. We will strive and we will agonize. For there is great rewards. When We do not look at perishable rewards. We look at imperishable and incorruptible and eternal rewards which is reserved for us in the heavens. I pray Lord Jesus that Lord we will love our relatives we will love our acquaintances but that love will not be sentimental it will be based upon truth. Jesus truly loved his father and his mother by dying for them. By refusing to conform to the earthly standards of relationships. Father, our standards are absolutely earthly. We are very sentimental in our relationships. Hardly many of our relationships or any of our relationships are based on truth. And I pray, Father, that we will build relationships based on truth and not sentiment. We will make lasting relationships in the spirit and not in the flesh. We will make lasting relationships not even the way that we think. It is the way that we are in our spirit. Our relationship is not based upon our thoughts. It is based upon our identity, identity which, is on, which, is, which is in Christ Jesus. Your word says that it is through the saints that we will be able to comprehend the length, the breadth, the height and the depth of the love of God. It is impossible, O oh Lord Jesus, any other way to have a genuine relationship with our, our brothers and sisters except that it is of the spirit. To that and I pray that you would bless us all. That we will truly labor for one another. And we will speak the truth in love. And we will be our brother's keeper. That we will keep you first. You are first in our lives, not our neighbor. We will love the Lord with all of our heart. And then we will love our neighbor, even as we love ourselves. To that end, I pray that you would bless us all. And enable us all to walk in your ways. We thank you. We praise you. We give you glory. For in Jesus name we pray. Amen. God bless you all.